is Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Good afternoon and welcome to the show. So another interesting week in real estate, folks. And thanks for tuning in to Simply Real Estate. I am your host, Todd C. Slater. And, you know, when I look back of all my years of experience, there's always something that gets flagged where I say, hey, finally... This is going to happen. And yes, you know what? We had an aha moment this week, and I've got a special guest that's going to be joining me later in the hour. It is Minister of Government and Consumer Services, Marie-France Lalonde. And you know what the government did this week? Hey, they finally said that they want home inspectors to be regulated. You know, we have talked in the real estate industry about this for years, and somebody is finally taking a step forward. And I got to tell you, I'm actually happy about it because a lot of you may be sitting there saying, hey, the government's got their, their finger in the honey jar again. But you know what? This one's actually a smart one because there's so many people out there claiming to be a professional inspector, but yet... They don't have the credentials, they don't have the education, but they sure have the fancy clipboard and van with their name on it. So I got to tell you, this is, and, and, and for all of you that are true professionals, you know who you are. You know I'm not coming at you at this. You actually, this is probably welcome news because there's so many people out there, they are actually cutting the industry down by turning around and doing things a little too inexpensive. And uh, a little bit later also, we are going to be talking to Michael Applebaum. And he's from Ideal Insurance Brokers. We're going to be talking about what's going on in, with some flood insurance, the ins- insurance industry with your home. Kind of staggering uh, numbers that are coming out and some of the claims. So, you know what? Probably really good for you homeowners to tune in and know a little bit more about insurance. Now, if you remember last week, uh, I had opened up the phone lines and we were talking live about the idea of Toronto eventually taking in this form investor tax as they have in uh, BC. And I got to tell you, BC has taken a bit of a beating on this one. In fact, all sorts of stories creeping into the media right now. You know, you got pictures of families with their boxed items sitting in their living room saying, yeah, you know what? We were downsizing until the foreign buyer who bought my house was going to get a tax imposed on them and they're walking from our deal. Now, Again, you know, I know I'm kind of beating a dead horse and a lot of people aren't jumping on the bandwagon on this one saying, hey, too bad they did it in BC. But because of the short warning, we watched everything kind of implode on a bunch of deals. We don't know the true ramification because some people had long closings and we will find that out later in the year to find out truly, did it impact as many people as we think it's going to? And I get the idea of cooling off the market because we want to keep a bunch of people in check. But honestly, think about it. You're in the middle of a transaction. Your house is sold firm. You drive, pull into your driveway every single day. You see the sold sign. You've already purchased your next home. You've already got your mindset. You're driving by that home on a regular basis. And what happens? All of a sudden, the buyer of your home says, hey, I'm not buying. Too bad. So sad. And then you've got to scramble. Well, this is happening some, to some BC families. So I get that with, you know the government was trying to impose something on everybody saying, hey, listen, let's cool the foreign buyers. But what about the Canadians that own their properties? You know, Did you ha- give that a second thought? What should have happened, and I told you this last week and for the last couple of weeks, is the fact that they should have turned around and said, look, 
any transaction that happens after this, meaning negotiation after a certain date should have worked. Not, hey, anything that closes after. I think it was a really stupid move, you know, and uh, we did have, you know, some government officials on. David Ebby was on with us a couple weeks ago, and he made it really clear. He made it very clear that this was a bad move, and I would have to agree. And definitely you callers, you know, despite the fact we all agree that maybe Toronto could have this happen and it might be a good way a good thing for some of the market but not the entire market and we have to watch so as long as everybody's given proper notice i'm all for a new tax and i think that it's going to help so you know what let's wait and see you know i'll keep you up to date on bc and of course you know what uh miss win uh mr tory if you want to come on uh you know how to reach me 416-872-1010 and love to hear from you because i will talk to you all day long about this current situation or love to have you on as a guest because you know what it would be very interesting to take your perspective on it again love to throw out the cautionary thing just make sure you do it in a proper timely fashion and not turn around and leave people high and dry as they have done in BC. Now, another thing that's interesting, of course, is Airbnb. You know how it made some uh, serious news a few months ago? There was that shooting in one of the condominiums and they originally thought it was an Airbnb rental, but it didn't end up being an Airbnb rental, but somebody was a guest in an Airbnb rental that was partaking in the whole thing. Anyways, Okay. As the story has changed now, there's a lot of people that are now getting upset about it. And what's actually happening is that we've got condo owners asking the city to intervene and start reining in Airbnb. So pretty much basic concept is that they're turning around and the um, the Toronto-based Condo Owners Association is saying, we want the, uh, the government to step in and say that you cannot rent the condos or they're going to put some regulation on it. Now, keep in mind, when you own a condominium, it's your condominium board that controls the rules and regulations in your condominium. So when you have somebody that's sitting there saying, hey, let's get the government to do it, you know you can do it a little bit easier because it might take them a lot longer than you think. You can do it in your next annual general meeting. And if you've got a couple of your board of directors that want to impose this situation, you know what? Put it to a vote. Find out if there's enough people that are members of the condominium that want to have this done. It was interesting because when I was looking at it, there's a lot of people that are saying, okay, that's crazy. Why why inhibit people from being able to make a little bit of money? And then, of course, you've got the other side of the coin where they say, well, I don't know who the neighbor is. They make a lot of noise because they're only here for a day or two and it's disrupting us. So then my question for a lot of the condominium owners is this. What about some of the vacant units? I mean, you've got people that are turning around. You've got a ton of vacancy, so you don't hear anything and then they rent it out. So is this the problem? Is it because people are actually trying to make an income from it? Perhaps you're not are you finding that they're using the actual amenities too much you know because the average unit owner or tenant in a property typically does not use the amenities so if you've got this big pool all to yourself and all of a sudden you've got a bunch of airbnb clients coming in and all of a sudden they're jumping and, and, and disturbing your calm is this really the problem or do we actually have a concern here from a noise violation, perhaps a safety violation? Is it something that we need to take a look at? I know the government will probably do, you know, a course, as usual, put together a, a group. They'll do a study. Of course, it's going to cost you tax dollars. So again, if you want to get past this and make it happen a little bit quicker, 
have a chat with your board of directors for your condominium corp. You can change rules and bylaws. You have to have a vote to do it. And ultimately, in the end, you can actually control it. Always remember, when you buy a condominium, you have a vote. And if you're a tenant in a condominium, you don't have the vote. It's actually the owner. So keep that in mind. And if you want to change it up, it's, it, there is a potential, but you're going to have to do a little bit of work to make that happen. Now, how about the fact that somebody wants to turn around and take a run at the big banks? Provincial Credit Union is to take on the big banks nationwide. The Meridian has announced that they'll launch a national bank to challenge the big five. What they're going to do is I think they know that there's lots of uh, of potential out there. And so they're going to start looking at the fact that they're going to offer online services. And they're going to be looking at this in the next couple of years. So here we go. We've got a credit union that's going to take a run at A, doing your mortgage money, savings, and investments. So we'll wait and see how that pans out. Um, As I mentioned a little bit earlier about the idea of the home inspections, I think it's a great idea. And uh, as I mentioned, we're going to have a very special guest, Minister of Government Consumer Services, Marie-France Lalonde, joining me in a little while. I, you definitely want to hear the rationale and what they're going to do, because there's a lot that's going to happen with this, and I think that people should be aware of it. And um, it is a positive thing. Will it change the cost of your home inspection is really going to be a big question. And I think that uh, a lot of people are a little bit nervous about that. And I think no matter what, you get what you pay for. So a good professional home inspection does cost money, but it's going to save you thousands. There's an interesting number, and I'll let you know a little bit later, about the number of units that are being sold without a home inspection. And you know what? I I personally thought, okay, this is crazy. You know what? They should probably have them, but they don't. And uh, there is a percentage there, and it's an interesting number. So what's happening in the real market? Well, right now, they're saying that BC is kind of uh, fumbling a little right now, and we'll wait and see if it's just a knee-jerk reaction. Right now, we do get most of our information almost week to week now. Sometimes it's month to month. Of course, last month in July, we were looking at some incredible increases. And it's interesting because we used to always turn around and say year over year. Now we're doing month over month. And in Toronto, when prices go up 3.2% from the month before, and you normally those were the top months, and now we keep adding to it, we're seeing some pretty steady increases. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, a couple of weeks ago, the numbers keep going up, and we could be looking at some of the marketplaces here in Ontario exceeding 25% increase year over year. Folks, that's big numbers. They're staggering. And then, of course, the number one question I keep asking, getting asked of, from all of you is, Todd, when is the bubble going to burst? And my answer still has to remain the same. I don't think the detached market is in a bubble position to burst, okay? I would uh, equate it more to a Goodyear blimp. I think if anything, if it does soften a little, it's just going to stop going up as much, but I don't see a major adjustment in the near future, and it's because interest rates are going to stay pat. We're not going anywhere, folks. Even if the U.S. has a little bit of an uptick, what they're contemplating right now, the truth is Ontario Canada, our interest rates are going to stay historically low for at least another 12 to 18 months. And uh, oil's got a lot to do with it. Economy has a lot to do with it. Fort McMurray, of course, was putting a little bit of stress there. And, you know, it's one of those things that we've got to be cautious with. Again, don't overextend yourself and make sure you keep your payments in line for what you can afford. 
Now, don't forget, The Simple Investor has its final release for 2016. There's only a few units left. Go to thesimpleinvestor.com today. Find out more. You can click on the actual release and get all the numbers right in front of you. We've only got a few left and then it's completely closed. So you don't want to miss out on that opportunity. So when I come back, I'm going to be joined by Michael Applebaum and we're going to be talking home insurance. So stay with us. We've got more right after this. Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. So, what do you think of the rain this week? Torrential? What about your basement? Have you looked down there lately? Got any flooding happening? Did you lose anything in a flood? Well, you know what? The first person you normally call when something like that happens, other than your spouse screaming at them that everything's underwater, it, the next person typically is your insurance broker. And you know what? Why not talk to a professional today and find out where we're going with home insurance? And I'm very fortunate to have Michael Applebaum. He's a registered insurance broker. He is joining us from Ideal Solution Insurance. And Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm not sure if you are like the weatherman, where as an insurance broker, you start cringing when you see some of this weather come down. You know, we always hear about the the storms dropping down trees, all the flooding. In your industry, I guess this means a lot of work when this happens. It usually means the phone will be ringing the next morning or the Monday morning, that's for sure. Wet basements are uh, increasingly more common now than they were a few years ago. That's largely to do with the fact that basements are now another major part of people's homes. They used to be storage. And now there are living rooms and gyms and kids' playrooms and all sorts of things like that. They are a part of the house that people 20 years ago may not have thought of as much, but uh, really need to start thinking about now. If somebody comes to you and we start talking about insurance, obviously one of the questions is, is do you have a finished basement and, you know, do you, do you use it, occupy it, or still have storage in it? Does this change the actual insurance quote because of the basement being now utilized as part of the home? It definitely can. If you've got a basement that hasn't been finished, then you're not going to be as concerned with, say, your sewer backup coverage. Because if a drain does overflow, you've really just got to pump water out of the basement and uh, let the concrete dry. If you've now got 10 years of you know, your kids' memorabilia in the basement, or you've got toys or electronics in the basement, you have to start thinking about that as the rest of your house. Now you say, well, wait a minute, do I actually have enough to cover cleaning out, mitigating the damage from a sewer backup or water damage? And how do I replace all of this stuff that I didn't have in my basement 20 or 30 years ago? It definitely would change the quote. Uh, it would change the broker's approach to how they're quoting you. Now, is there a big difference for quoting a home that is older or a different form of foundation? Because, I mean, obviously, you know, you've got your historical buildings here in Toronto. Uh, some of them are your typical fieldstone style foundations, which most people know that you really shouldn't finish those. You know, they're left with a sump pump and, they, and they're always wet. But then again, you've got your poured concrete and then, of course, you have your block foundations. Is there an age group that actually will change a price for insurance? The age group of the home is not as much of an issue as the area that you're in, particularly the age of the infrastructure in the area you're in. Poured concrete homes can have leaks and cracks as frequently as block-built homes that were from the 50s and 60s. The issue is 
the age and the state of the infrastructure. So if you live on a street uh, like I live on, for example, where the houses are all built in the 50s and they're all concrete block, you're going to have some leaky foundations. But more importantly, the sewer pipes are 60 years old. And that's where the insurance companies start to get concerned. And that's when you start to see significant differences in areas based on availability of coverage and the price of coverage. Very much like real estate, we always talk location, location, location. Well, insurance sounds very similar. Um, we, we know that in the car industry, that some areas you know, are more prone to have accidents. So we know that certain, you know, like if you live in Brampton versus, let's say, Oakville or Oshawa, insurance rates can change because of location. So what you're really saying is the chances are we could have a situation where your insurance rates are higher in a neighborhood because of the older infrastructure. Definitely. And in fact, it can impact the availability of certain coverages at all. Insurance companies typically base their ratings on a few different elements. It's based on the insurer's loss history or experience in that area. Some companies will use three-digit postal codes to determine kind of a large area. And they'll say pricing is based on our experience in this large area or availability is based on our experience in a large area. Some insurance companies will go down to the specific six digits. And so they're a lot more finite in, you know, you may have, if you live on a hill, your neighbor at the top of the street might be uh, able to get coverage that you living at the bottom can't. So they can be that specific. And some companies will take it a step further and are starting to use geomapping data. They could even say halfway up the hill, we know the elevation of your house and we know where the sewers are. So you're okay, but your person six houses down, you don't get coverage because we know the slope of the street and we know where the bodies of water are and all that. And so we're not going to provide that kind of coverage. Good information for our listeners. So what you've just done is dropped the value of prices at the bottom of the hill. So folks, if you want a deal and you don't need insurance, then buy everything at the bottom of the hill. <laughs> and, uh, and I think you're going to be okay. Let's just say if you live at the bottom of the hill, make sure uh, you've, uh, you've got a sump pump and a backwater <laughs> valve. And, uh, and a bucket and a mop. <laughs> <laughs> so Michael, just a quick question. Are we going to see a rippling effect in the insurance industry because of Fort McMurray, all the damage? Um, will we see that through some of the Canadian insurance? I don't know if you will. I think the cat losses, what they call them, the catastrophic losses, they're not expected, but they know these are going to happen. Water damage as an issue, though, has really been an issue for the last several years. So that's not news to the insurance companies. And that's why you're seeing home insurance pricing going up significantly. Uh, and some people will say, okay, well, you know, it's $1,000 to insure my house, but the water damage component of the insurance is an additional $600. And they say, you're covering my $500,000 rebuilding cost for 1000 and it's costing me almost as much just for 20 or $50,000 of sewer backup coverage. Mm-hmm. So that's where you're really seeing the impact is how the different coverages are starting to be priced differently. Well, listen, Michael, thank you so much for joining us today at Simply Real Estate. Definitely we'll have you back because there's lots to talk about insurance with our listeners. And uh, thanks so much for joining us today. There is. My pleasure. Anytime. Okay. Thank you. Take care. He's a registered insurance broker. That was Michael Applebaum. And he is from Ideal Solution Insurance. And you can go to isinsurance.ca if you want to reach out to him. So when we come back, guess what? I've got the Minister of Government and Consumer Services joining us. So stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Now, more of 
Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back to the show. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, an interesting event has happened this week. And at Simply Real Estate, as you know, we're always looking out for the interest of our uh, buyers and sellers and keeping them safe whenever they're dealing with a real estate transaction. Well, the Ontario government is actually introducing something that I believe is a very positive thing, and it is that they're going to regulate home inspectors. And fortunately for us here, um, we're very fortunate to have the Minister of Government and Consumer Services. It is Minister Marie-France Lalonde joining us right now. Minister, thank you so much for giving us your time today. It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. We do understand that the home inspection industry has been unregulated virtually forever. Now, this introduction that perhaps we're going to be able to get people that are more licensed and be able to be more accountable, I think is a wonderful idea. From your perspective, um, how did this happen? And more importantly, um, how is it going to affect the consumers? Certainly, buying a home, I would say, is one of the largest investments that we as consumers will make in our life, and that's why the government's committed to certainly help consumers make this informed decision um, that will protect our very hard-earned uh, money. As you say, there right now, there's really uh, anyone can actually offer home inspection services in Ontario, and there is really no mandatory qualification uh, for home inspectors. So that's why uh, on Wednesday, August 17, I committed to introducing uh, a proposed legislation that would, if passed, uh, create licensing requirements for home inspector, and I actually intend to do this uh, later this year. It's been a subject of conversation for, as you mentioned, a few years. I'm very happy. I think uh, the industry um, appear to uh, understand, and we have great support. Uh, there's about uh, 1,500 home inspectors in Ontario, and uh, about 65% of the resale of homes sold annually uh, receive a home inspector. So my ministry, by introducing this proposed legislation and NISPAS, would certainly um, strengthen the consumer protection. You made an interesting point when you said about 65%. Um, and in in when, when we take a look at the numbers, we would think that seems actually low considering the number of transactions. Minister, right now, because of the overheated market and a lot of the multiple offers that we see, the competing offers, are we finding people perhaps just straying away from home inspections because of that situation? I think this is the reason why we're introducing this proposed legislation. Certainly, my understanding, speaking with real estate, is that the seller would actually uh, look for a home inspection before putting it out on the market. And the issue with that is not being regulated. Right now, anyone can say that they are home inspector. I don't want to undermine the great services that have been provided over the years. And I want to say thank you to our current home inspector. And that's why we uh, have consulted uh, with the industry. Our proposed legislation actually comes from recommendation made by 16 member expert panel. And, and we really want to strengthen and equal the plain fill for everyone that is um, doing these home inspection, but at the same time protecting that investment that you were making and, and building that consumer confidence. 
Now, that's an excellent point. And folks, if you're just tuning in right now, uh, we're fortunate enough to have Minister of Government and Consumer Services joining us, uh, Marie-France Lalonde. And um, again, we're talking about the introduction to um, regulating home inspectors. And uh, Minister, if we if we take a look at it, are we going to see perhaps a, a change in the industry where we might see an increase in price? Because will there be fees that inspectors will have to pay, um, not dissimilar, let's say, to the real estate industry, where they have to have, you know, constant upgrade in education, they're paying fees, they have OE insurance. Will this eventually maybe evolve into something a little bit more like that? If passed, the proposed changes would actually uh, require a home inspector to have a license uh, with the proper qualifications. Um, it will also set um, a standard, minimum standard for contract, home inspectors, um, disclosure, uh, performance, and everything in between. And how we're going to do this is we'll establish uh, an administrative authority that is independent to administer and enforce those home inspection licensing currently across the province. I would say it ranged between about $350 up to $600 based on the consultation that we've done. One thing important that we want to ensure is that the home inspector are able to sustain uh, what they're doing as a business, and a lot of them actually are doing this as a part-time basis, right? So we want to make sure that the model that we will be introducing is sustainable, is affordable, and ultimately result in a better standard, but at the same time, ensuring that protection, that we can protect the consumer better and and also reassure our consumer that once you hire that very important person to come into your home, there is that uh, level playing field that's being part of uh, now the industry. And if someone, for whatever reason, might have not had the same qualification and all this by changing those rates, we're sort of making sure that that standard all across the province is there for you as a consumer. And of course, this is going to increase the accountability. Will there be something in this that will dictate that they must carry a certain percentage of insurance for the reports that are being issued? We're definitely looking into this matter. This has been a subject of conversation with our expert panel. I would say this is as why we are going to be introducing this legislation in the fall as it's going through the process of debate committee, we are receptive to ensure. But there's one strong aspect where we really feel that we want to make sure that this proposed legislation would have capacity to bring and to enhance that consumer protection. So we're going to make it strong enough, but at the same time, opened enough that we can include some regulation that we would feel uh, based on follow-up consultation with the public. We really want to make this something that's affordable for the industry, for, for the home inspectors themselves, at the same time that we want to strengthen the consumer protection. So it sort of ties in from a business and a consumer protection as to the best uh, way of doing business for the future. 
I think it's an excellent idea, uh, Minister. I've been I, and had traded uh, real estate for years and years. And it's interesting because the industry is filled with some wonderful professionals. And yet there are some that perhaps are do not follow the same standards. And it's unfortunate because, you know, the consumer themselves can pay for it. I thank you greatly for joining us today. Uh, it's been a real pleasure to have you on Simply Real Estate. And folks, we were very fortunate to have Minister of Government and Consumer Services uh, with us, Marie-France Lalonde. And we wish you the best of luck getting this passed. And hopefully we can have you back on as a guest in the near future so we can do a follow-up and see how we're doing with this. It will be a pleasure, actually. And thank you for having me. I think we have a very important legislation that's proposed, and I'm looking forward to hear more about what the public are saying. Excellent. Well, thank you so much, Minister, and enjoy the day. Thank you. Bye-bye. That was uh, Minister Marie-France Lalonde. And after this, when we come back, we've got more. So stay with us. We'll be right back here at Simply Real Estate on News Talk 1010. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. You know, it's um, it's amazing when we get a guest on, like the Minister of Government and Consumer Services, uh, Marie-France Lalonde. I know most of you, and, and me too, you know, we always struggle with sometimes having government officials on, but they are quite busy, and I really greatly appreciate her time in sharing with us why and what they're doing with home inspections. And folks, you know, one of the things that I want to talk about now is the fact that when you do offers, and when you are a buyer, and I'm strictly talking to the buyers now is that wherever possible always get a home inspection and you know when you pick a home inspector it's not about the person with the nicest letterhead it's not the person with the fanciest car it's really the person that has the best credentials and when you're going to have it you want to know how long they're going to take to do a home inspection your average home inspection in a standard detached home in Toronto nowadays should last anywhere from two to five hours, depending on the age of the home and the size. But if somebody can come in and do a home inspection within an hour, um, they're missing something. And I don't want to you know, dissuade people from going with somebody that could be quick, but truth be told, there's a lot to look for. And if they're not climbing on your roof, if they're not climbing through your attic, if they're not taking a look at the electrical, the furnace, or whatever heating source you have, if they're not that thorough, if they can't analyze it, then you're going to be left in the lurch and you're going to have some problems. And, you know, these people, when you hire a home inspector, think of, you know, the idea of a, a detective. They're looking for clues of problems. They're not there to make you feel good. They actually should be there to make you feel bad because the idea here is you want to make Make sure you've got everything covered that is being that you're looking and that you're purchasing. Remember, this is your hard-earned money, and if you're going to have a home inspection, make sure you get every dime out of it. I like the idea of the legislation coming in. I really do. I like the idea that perhaps now they're going to make uh, home inspectors accountable. And in my eyes, I over the years I've seen some awesome home inspectors. All of you know who you are because you've been, uh, you know, I've seen you in, in the mix. But there's also the group that they jump into it. Um, as the minister said, some people are part-time. So, you know, they could be doing a completely different job. And then all of a sudden, they're doing a home inspection just once a week or something like that. So are they the best? Are they the people that you want to have represent you? And are they the ones you should be paying? Well, 
again, for you to make that decision, but I'm, I'm not opposed to the idea that this is going to come in. I think it's a great idea, and some of you may not agree with me. It's not just the government sticking their hands in a pot to get more money. I truly believe regulating this part of the industry because it is so crucial to some of you when buying a home. Remember, if you're going into competition, get a pre-inspection done. And it's important because no matter what, you still need to know what's going on. So we do know that the market is hot. We do know, know that multiple offers are still coming down and people are getting over at the asking price. We've seen a little bit of cooling only because there's no inventory. It's been low, you know, we're off 3% inventory-wise, and yet sales continue to bolster on. And again, looking at the big market here in the GTA, you know, numbers are up throughout the market, uh, right from the extremes. So good to see, but yet I always tell you to exercise caution. I'm always that person that will tell you it's better to buy something that you need to do a little work on, build up some equity, than put your dollar to the max and overextend yourself. Of course, all the warnings keep coming out from the lenders saying, hey, listen, you know what? Interest rates are eventually going up. And then, of course, we get releases every single week saying there's no way interest rates are going up in Canada anytime soon. Another interesting turn of event this week, of course, is Toronto and Barrie real estate agents get together and knock down the barrier. The Barrie District Association of Realtors and the Toronto Real Estate Board have entered into an MLS service partnership to provide members with more extensive MLS services and greater resources. I think the basic premise premise here is that when you're not a member of a board, you can't get access to all the data. And uh, when you don't get the access to the data, it's really hard for you to talk about another area. Now, I think it's okay that these boards want to trade information, but I don't want the Toronto agents thinking that they can just run up to Barry and start selling them there. And the reason why I'm saying this is because a lot of times people will turn around and say, hey, listen, I'm going to use my friend from Mississauga to go buy me a property, you know, an hour or two hours away because, well, they're my friend and I want them to get the commission. You're not doing yourself the best service there for sure, because perhaps they know nothing about the area. They don't trade their own regular basis. They don't even have contacts with the other agents to find out if there's any pocket listings for you or any issues you need to worry about in a neighborhood. So unless you are just doing your due diligence yourself and making sure that you can answer all the questions, a lot of times an agent from out of town cannot answer the question. And for yourselves, that puts you in jeopardy. And this is one of my concerns. I want to make sure that everybody is smart about it. Make sure you do use local uh, agents. The idea that you can trade some information is great. Information is always key. But keep in mind, use somebody local because they're going to understand the market, the trends there, what's good, what's not, and what you should be leery of. And uh, again, looking at the big marketplace, you know, got to be a little bit concerned about that. You know, uh, this week, um, you know, houses are getting nabbed up. You know, asking price here in Toronto, they're uh, over by the Humber. You know, they listed for two two thousand, sorry, two million two hundred eighty-five. They sold it for two million three hundred fifty thousand. You know what? You when you see that multiple offers, is it shocking? No. 
Okay, and we'll continue to see this. And I always get a kick out of it because every once in a while, what we do is we'll see some news come up, and people are saying, "Oh, look, you know, you know, 150 showings and 20 offers, and it sold 100,000 dollars over asking." Of course, because the inventory is low. When you take a look at a property like this, though, and this is this is the thing that's becoming interesting is the values that we're seeing. You know, a 50 by 140 lot with a three a 3,500 square foot home in good shape, we're up at 2.3 million. The real question is, is where will it stop okay you're basically playing around that you know give or take about seven hundred dollars a square foot price range and when we start looking at those numbers we've got to keep our eyes open because again you know what are we going to top out at a thousand a square foot i know some properties already are because they're specific and and they're you know better neighborhoods but if we're looking at averages if we're looking at an average sitting around seven hundred dollars a square foot in some of these toronto properties it's pretty expensive and this is why you know if we if we see properties coming up that are only 2000 square feet but they're selling somewhere in that 1.4 to 1.5 million a lot of you are shocked but it is what it is this is where our market's going and again i want you to keep your eyes open on it and don't overpay here's just some friendly advice and i'd like to try to throw it out there I think that the market is going to continue on. I think that this year will be a record year uh, in probably number of sales, but more importantly, record price. In 2017, if I pull out my crystal ball, I don't see a major adjustment in the market except some continuation on price. Supply is getting tighter. And for a lot of you, you've decided to stay put because you don't know where you're going to go. Yep, you've got an incredible increase in value. Yes, you know the market's hot. Is this the time to sell? Well, if you decide to rent, then you're going to be able to put a lot of money in your pocket. But the question is, are you waiting to get back into the market? Is that your real motivation? Are you waiting for a crash? Well, you could be waiting quite a while right now, and I think that that's the truth. I think that you're not going to see a major price adjustment. So if you start looking into the outer markets that are affordable, again, Oshawa, Pickering, Ajax, Whit be Mississauga is still affordable in comparison to Toronto. You're looking at Oakville, Brampton, Milton, you know, Campbellville, uh, Kitchener, Waterloo, Bra uh, Hamilton is considered one of the strongest markets. Price is up, by the way, month over month, 3.2%. Uh, so Hamilton has had a very strong market this year and, you know, up anywhere for almost 20%. So, you know, who knew? Uh, you know what? It's affordability. And most of you want to get affordability. But at the same time, keep in mind that you're going to create a drive and this is what you have to weigh out. So do you rent or do you own? One of the things that came out in a report is a lot of first-time homebuyers want to go to their final home out of the gate. And that's a tough one because instead of buying it four or 500000 they want to try to take on seven or 800000 means your down payment's got to come up. Um, as you know, uh, February, they did change uh, the requirements for down payment, which means anything over 500000 you need 10% down. So that makes it a little bit more difficult. And again, it's one of those things that you need to consider. So that's kind of my advice right now is that um, looking into the outer markets still 
decent affordability, not crazy like Toronto. They still have appreciation. They're solid. And it's one of those things. Definitely make sure you get your mortgage approved. Stay on top of it and uh, make sure you don't overextend yourself. Now, um, as I mentioned a little bit earlier in the hour, we are on our final release of 2016. We've only got a few left. I thank all of you that have made inquiries, come and met with me. Um, incredible, incredible development in in uh, southwestern Ontario. 99000 for a three-bedroom townhome, two-story. By the way, fully rented. You get rent every single month. We are your tenant. And most importantly, your unit's fully managed. You have to do nothing. Best part about it, positive cash flow. It's one of those things that you can't say about Toronto nowadays. With the prices where they are, positive cash flow is almost unheard of. The odd person is getting it, but the truth is you got to spend a lot of money to get there. And when you look at affordability, $20,000 down and you own your very own investment property. It's easy to find out. Go to thesimpleinvestor.com today and you can click on the newest release. It will give you all the information right there as far as pricing and numbers. And um, I always meet with everybody and we have a chat and you can request a meeting with me. So like I said, go to thesimpleinvestor.com. You can always follow us also, Simple Investor. Um, and you know what? Lots going on in the world of real estate. I think, again, that it's going to be a great year uh, that we're going to finish up. And uh, that's about it. I want to thank my guests once again, the Minister of Government and Consumer Services, Marie-France Lalonde, for joining me. Um, you know, very nice of her to come in and, uh, sorry, uh, actually just talk to us on the phone. I want to thank Michael Applebaum. And I want to thank Ian Grant, my producer, um, as usual, you know, always keeping it together for me and you our listeners always a pleasure and love the fact that you are tuning in and learning about real estate i'm your host todd c slater and you've been listening to simply real estate right here on news talk 1010 and remember join me next saturday at 4 p.m i'll be back with more thanks very much and have a great weekend